children first. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dream Boat Podcast. I'm the guy with the captain hat, but there's another guy with one too. I'm Scott. And I'm Connor. I also have a captain hat. Scott didn't give me nearly as many adjectives as I gave him last episode. That's true, but I like to keep it simple and beautiful, and we are in fact the captains, so we make the law on this ship, and if you want to get married, we can do that on this ship too. Also, we, we can do we it. say yeah, it's international waters and we can really get into some stuff. Oh yeah, we could t- tear those tags off of mattresses and... so. Today we have kind of a mini theme for the beginning of this episode because we had a kind of an interesting submission. We have, uh, I mean, do you want to read it, Connor? Do you want me to read it? Do we, do we care? You go for it, my man. Okay. Here is a submission. We're just going to dive right in here. I love it. From Rodney Wessel. Uh, it's, it's a birthday dream. Happy birthday. Happy cool. birthday. So, this dream is set in a science fiction space setting. I'm going to read this in the first person. I climbed on the top of a cable car and hung onto the bit that attaches to the cable for the whole ride. There was a small gap that I only just fit through. I got famous because of this. And Ross Scott showed up. He had a huge grin on his face and simply said, Hi. Hi. Later, I'm at a space station in an open hangar area. I need to get to a door, but I need to go through the control room to get to it. I need to be careful, as as if I start getting violent, security turrets will turn on me. One of my options is to gas the Spriggans from Skyrim in the control room. I don't remember what I did, but I must have taken a somewhat violent approach. The crew locked me out of the control room, and one of them talked to me over the intercom. He said he wasn't sure if I was introducing the aliens to violence, or if introducing aliens to violence was a good idea, and told me to die. They then abandoned me on the station. Oh, man. Soon the head of security for the station came with a platoon of guards and her second in command. She starts condemning my actions, but she doesn't really seem too displeased with me. Her second interjected and complained about the head of security's human bias. That's it. Thank you. Wow. That sounds like a good one, man. That's an adventure. That is a pretty complicated one. I don't know who Ross Scott is. We have a little linky-poo here. There's a linky-poo. Let me take a quick Let's do a little research here. Looks like a game guy. Looks like a guy who does games on YouTube and probably has ads through which he makes revenue by playing games for people. So this person's a gamer. We had another gamer reference in there. Spriggans from Skyrim, probably better known as Dryads or like Tree People. Uh, I've played Skyrim enough to know what a Spriggan is, but they're basically a nymph of the forest type thing. That sounds cool. Yeah, so I'm going to try and parse this real quick. Now, what I think is interesting, and my curiosity, is this cable car situation, because it almost sounds like a cable car up into outer space. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, like a screwed up space elevator? Right, like because, yeah, if they're ever going to make a space elevator, that would be pretty bonks, bonkers. Get a s- sweet space gondola. And they're climbing on the top, like in that one, in, was it a James Bond movie, where he has to climb on top of the... Cable car. That sounds right. Is that um Oh that was tomorrow. in Nightfire the game. No, it's in the video game. Oh. Scott. And you know what? It's a very video gamey. It kinda submission. is actually. So and and it has this like super stealthy aspect, so it reminds me of kind of like a like a splinter cell or um you know roguelike type game. 
Yeah. All right, I'm going to break this into into bite-sized chunks. Tasty. Here. Starts with the cable car, and you get on top and you say hi to a YouTube celebrity who plays video games, and he says hi to you. He's happy to see you. Next complete, you know, George Lucas wipe there. You're in a space station hangar, and you're trying to get to a door, but you have to be kind of con- you have to be calm and controlled or else like computer turrets or like security turrets will shoot you and kill you and there's there's video game enemies in another room and that are that are in a control room and then the people that you're working with turn against you and tell you that you're too dangerous and they leave you there because you you weren't stealthy or or you didn't do a clean job by their standards and then at the very end the the leader of the security for the station condemns you doesn't seem too upset and then they complain that you're you have a, the, the the leader has a human bias and should have been should have been tougher on you but all these humans get away with murder you know this is definitely the next metal gear game this is many games this is all of the games now i don't know you so you get you get famous for pulling a stunt right so you like you get real ballsy and you pull this stunt and like that makes you famous and I'm guessing that you follow Ross Scott, uh, media man, and it seems like it would be a cool thing for this guy to know who you are. So you like pull this 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 big stunt. I would say you take a risk, right? And you you have a positive consequence for taking a risk. Let's start there. Let's start there. Now, later you're at the space station. Whether or not you took the space gondola there or not is up open for debate. Because it sounds cool, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, in my headcanon, you did take the space gondola up. Now, you need to get in this door, but you got to be careful. So, what, uh, what does a door mean to you, Scott? Door, we've covered a little bit. Just freestyle it. Context-wise. All right, so here we go. I think a door is an obstacle. I also think a door is safety. It can represent you having a barrier between something dangerous. See, for me, I think about doors as opportunities. Yeah. You, you get your foot in the door, gatekeepers, right, keep you from getting through okay. doors into the next opportunity. You have to pass through a door to get into the next area. And if we're talking about dreams, usually that means something in consideration of your life or your life's journey. In the in a video game context, it is definitely the next checkpoint or like the next step is open the door to get to the next room kind of thing. Absolutely, so I think you're right. So I agree with that. You have to do this all sneaky like, otherwise there are going to be some serious consequences. So you are trying to take advantage of an opportunity, but you know that you need to be careful because if you goof it up, there are going to be some serious consequences. And instead of gassing the Spriggans, you... Which is a terrible idea. They're, they're, they're... Fire is obviously the element of choice to... Anyways. Maybe you gas them and you light them on fire. I don't know. Somehow... You so you, somehow you just... Oh, you... gasoline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect sense. All right. Somehow, maybe you, you gas them and then you cast like a level three fireball and just like totally blast them and do double damage since it's effective against, you know, into like... Sprigandy, spry wood creatures. Spry. Sidebar here, really quick. This this uh, later on, 
he says that the crew got, gets mad because he introduced them to violence, and that that's what they were trying to avoid. So oh, that's interesting. Can't remember what? That's but he did. He did gas them, but they're upset with him for introducing them to violence. That's cool. I kind of like the idea of these like super peaceful spriggans if they're these tree creatures aren't violent. Or maybe it's other people on this station that are peaceful or don't know what it means to hurt. Just don't know what it means to hurt. Um, <laughs> and they told you to die and abandon yeah. you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they're very peaceful. Yeah, wow. Okay, so let's, let's, uh, let's backtrack and then, and then take those baby steps back forward. So... Sure. To get through this obstacle, instead of being careful, you take a risk by gassing the spriggans, right? You took a risk before climbing on top of the, the gondola and doing a thing so that Ross Scott would give you a huge grin and a high five or whatever. Uh, and in this case, consequences were your crew, which is like your support, or maybe your friends, or maybe something that is providing you with yeah i would say support or nourishment in your life we're like dude that was like that that thing that you did we don't agree uh f-o-a-d if you will fuck off and die um <laughs> and then they abandoned you that's kind of screwed up man so then after you take this second big risk and things don't go so well you have to face the rest of the consequences, which are you're abandoned on this space station where you were doing this like surreptitious solid snake mission, and the head of security comes and it's judgment day. But she's not too upset. I mean, no, she's human. She's one of she's she's the same species as you, and so I guess the alien. Second in command says that the, the leader is biased. Well, she may not be human, but she has a bias towards humans. Okay, fair enough. She could have been a a Twi'lek for all I know. This is definitely the toughest dream for me to dissect because there's so many video game pop culture bits. I feel like for the, the, it's too deeply personal. They asked, you have to look at what these video games mean to this person specifically to get any idea of what it is. Because otherwise, I just have to fall back on, you know, pop culture tropes. Yeah. Which we'll do the best we can. It's not unlike, it's not that we don't know anything about video games and pop culture. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, Rodney it's has kind of come to the <laughs> right place. <laughs> we were doing our little, our little Skyrim jabs and stuff at it. But in the simplest of terms, I see this dream as you dealing with an internal conflict over something where you were given responsibility that you did not necessarily feel comfortable with because you have the control room access and other people are barking orders at you and you're the guy with the dial and you're not even sure what you did, but you got in trouble for being violent. So you're, you're being unintentionally violent with power that's been given to you, foisted on you without you seeming too prepared for it. So maybe this relates to something in your life where you got spun into a position of of power that you maybe, maybe didn't, you didn't ask for. Right. With great power comes great responsibility. I think Stan Lee said that one time uh, as his cameo in a Spider-Man movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> Stanley who? Anyways. Some guy uh, named some guy named Stanley. Stanley? Just Stanley? Just Stanley. The head of the security okay, so so either way, that that might be my my guess as to what this dream is telling you. But in the end, the real authority, the real authority figure, not not you here, walks up and is kind of okay with you, even though the underlings or your peers are not too happy with you. Well, the one who's really in control of your fate as it lies, which is the person whose turf you're on. Mm-hmm. And either way, your your YouTube celebrity buddy gave you a big old smile. So you're you're you still got you still friends. got that. It did, your own circle of friends is still gonna like it. It would have been different had the head of security for the station come out and it's Ross Scott and he said, I'm very disappointed in you. Right. That would have meant something very different. But Total nightmare. hey man, you'll always have a a, a dream time big grin and a high from Ross. And one from your two favorite dream captains, too. Scott and Connor. Now, yeah, yeah, I would think that this has to do with, I think, exactly what you said. Having this responsibility or needing to take this action, and you kind of did the best you could with it, and maybe it didn't turn out as well as it could have. Either you took a risk, or sometimes stuff just goes sideways, and it sounds like you did the best you, you, you did the best you could. And sometimes you, you gas the Spriggans just as best as you can. Yeah, and in space, no one can hear you screw up that order for the third time. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Unless you're in an oxygenated space station with an intercom. But, you know. Good. Dang point, my guy. We are, we are sci-fi junkies, perhaps on the same level as Rodney Wessel. Thank you, Rodney, for that dream. Thank you for sending <laughs> it to dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com, your That's home right. for all dream interpretation solutions. We actually, uh, now, Connor. That's me. We got a quick question from someone that was sent, uh, sent in. That was a really cool question that we kind of didn't, didn't have a, a lot of time to include last time. But we had a question about what do astronauts dream about? And do astronauts have dreams that are unique from, from, from their work? And I thought that was a really interesting question. It is kind of crazy, the fact that humans... Can we we live in a time where humans can be in space? That's gotta do something on your subconscious. Well, it's gotta mess with your brain bits. And that it's such a small niche percentage of people. It's kind of like asking, what do kings and queens dream of? That's a good question too, actually. Maybe huh. next time. Top secret dreams, man. There's no way we're getting those. Or, However, or, or what do the presidents dream of? Or do androids dream of electric sheep? I don't know. Duh. Uh yeah. You Philip Kate. Dick. So I have a really quick, there's not much on it, which I was a little disappointed, but what I did find, and we're going to post this, I suppose, in the episode. Yeah, so was, send me that on Skype so I can put it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes, but there was a very cool animation that is derived from an interview with this wonderful woman, Helen Sharman, who was the first British woman astronaut. And uh, she, she recounts, a bit of a dream that she had that takes place in space. And Mark Kelly, who is a really all-around great dude, he's a Canadian astronaut who is slightly famous for singing David Bowie's Space Oddity on the International Space Station. And just making really cool space content in Yeah, general. just a great dude. Wait, no, that's not Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is not the Canadian guy. Astronaut Mark Kelly? No. Mar- oh, you're Mark right. Kelly, Mark, Mark Kelly is married to Gabby Giffords. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, bruh. Am I thinking of the right Mark Kelly now? You're right, you're right, you're right. Who's the Canadian guy, then? Who am I thinking of? Um, uh, Let's get this scored away real quick. This is gonna make me. This is gonna make me nuts. It's very important. I thought I was. A You're talking about Chris guy, Hat dude. Hatfield, bro. Chris Hatfield. Chris Hatfield is the Canadian the guy. No, so no, no, no. who who is this from? So Mark, this is from Mark Kelly. Okay. And he's being interviewed, and he's talking about his time in space, and he says that in the beginning, when he's on the space station, most of the dreams take place on Earth, and then they become space based. But when he's getting ready to ship back home. They go back to Earth. And so this is kind of a good example of how how our brain parses our dreams based on our day-to-day life. It's always kind of going to be a flashback towards what's he- either heaviest on your mind or what's happening around you at that time. I mean, and I know that when I'm at home and I'm dreaming, a lot of times I'm dreaming about work and like being at the pool. Now, when I'm at work and I'm sleeping and I'm and I'm dreaming while while kids are swimming and I'm not paying attention, I'm usually dreaming about being at home. So I, I kind of get that. But in in this in this dream sort of video, the royal the royal institution interviewed her for a series called A Place Called Space, and they made this really beautiful animated short that talks about how how vivid the dreams in space are and it's cool because that she talks about traveling through can't remember which space station mirror or one of these stations and you're living in this tiny little thing that's the size of you know a new york apartment except it's all tubes and tunnels kind of like a mcdonald's play place with little windows poking out every once in a while nice and that's the sort of the 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 ground through which this weird dream comes through. And I don't And no bread, not, only tortillas. What's only up? tortillas. <laughs> and I mean, watch the short. It's really wonderful. But it's basically just about watching the Earth from space with, with her friends on board the space station. It's so definitely kind of a, a dream of mine is to see the entirety of the Earth in one visual wouldn't that be something? See that aurora borealis from the from the heavens. But yeah, so just a fun little dream bit for you there. I thought that was interesting. We should, and, uh, we should see if we can find some Carl Sagan dreams. Ooh, I bet he had some interesting ones as well. Uh, but yeah, just to answer that question, astronauts dream just like us, and they put their pants on one leg at a time. Only difference is theirs are vacuum sealed and have guards against radiation and cosmic rays. We have a submission now. Do we not? Would you like to read uh, our next submission? We sure do. This one's a bit of a, a doozy here, but hey, we're semi-professionals, so we'll do our best. <laughs> this one is from Josiah, and Josiah writes to us. I'll be reading. Tonight, I will be reading as Josiah. <laughs> so I'm in my friend's house in the guest bedroom, and I wake up, and eventually I get into some trouble with his parents, and then I realize that this can't be real, and then I blink, and then I wake back up in the guest bedroom. This happens a couple times with me getting in trouble in some way, and then his parents, and then one time I wake up back in the bed, and then I hear voices in my head and start telling me whatever it is to leave me alone and then like screw off you voices and then the chair in the corner of the room moves towards the bed but before it gets to it it slides into the bathroom and then books start flying off the shelf and then i roll over with my back on the ground trying to get up but it's like i'm paralyzed and the door slams and then i get up and close it behind me and i run to my friend's room and wake him up his door is open (laughs) 
and you see the guest bedroom door open, and the chair slides out again, but then we shut his bedroom door. And then I wake up back again in the bed in the guest bedroom. And eventually, I do something bad to make everyone mad at me, and then I realize that this can't be happening, and then I wake up back up in the guest room. God! Uh, and then uh, in the guest, guest bedroom... Again, things start falling off the bookshelf. I try to run to my friend's room, and it makes so much noise that his parents come back down after I get my friend, and then we all go back into the guest bedroom, and apparently his older sister and her husband come up from the other side of the bed with their baby crying and explain how it all happened. And then finally, uh, I woke up after going through these scenarios over and over with me always waking up in my dream in the guest bedroom. Oh, man. Okay, so thank you, Josiah, for the dream submission. But I got to say, just one little thing. If, you, if you're, if you and it's, you know, if you're going to submit a dream to us via email on your phone, that's totally fine. One long run-on sentence just, like, makes the the tension. I don't know if that was on purpose or what, but this was this was a long <laughs> one single sentence. No, right? I think it's, so like, two or three, but. Two or three? Okay. Still, it was, it, it it's. It's a lot to digest, and we will try our best. And we're still happy that you sent your dream to dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. Keep them coming, Josiah. So this dream has something that is interesting that I've seen a lot in dreams, is waking up and you're still in the dream, being caught in a loop. And I, I don't think I've ever had this, but I've had it described to me by people who do stress out about dreaming in general because they get locked into these sort of feedback loops where the same thing keeps happening in the dream and they keep thinking that it's real life, and it keeps snapping them back. And I honestly don't know too much what to make of that. Sort of maybe it's the dream trying to keep you in the dream, and so every time you're about to figure it out, it tricks you that you waked up and you figured it out, and then it keeps going or something. I don't know. Now, I don't know what to make of it. For me, whenever I'm in a dream and I think that this can't be real... That's when I get in. That's when I personally fall into lucid dream territory, and I'm usually able to suss it out. Once I'm able to have that thought that this can't be real, then I'm usually able to take the next step and like go and fly and like talk to Jim Morrison in outer space and stuff. But in this case, you're stuck at your friend's house, right? So let's start there. And if we go back to the idea that when you are dreaming and you are in rooms or buildings, they're usually some sort of representation of yourself. So this not being your own house, and it still has something to do with yourself, perhaps it is a part of yourself that maybe you don't think about often, or maybe you're not paying as much attention to at this point. So if you will, this this. This your friend's house in the scheme of the building, the grand building of your own body and psyche is this kind of like foreign or uh, lesser known area. I, I also want to touch on these like ghost things that keep happening. There's the chair that skids closer to you and then sweeps away into the bathroom and very poltergeist off the shelves. A lot of yeah, a lot of like bad bad juju shit going on and every time you also get stuck in this loop where the parents are mad at you or people are mad interesting and people are mad right so parents especially your friend's parents like i think about going over to my friend's house and having sleepovers and whatever 
And again, I don't know like how old you are in the context of this dream or whatever, but even so, it's their house, their rules, right? And your parents are the authority figures, so you're up playing Mario Party until one in the morning, and the dad comes in and says, you guys got to go to bed. Whether or not you do that, I mean, he's still, he's the authority figure, (laughs) so you got to at least, like, pretend like you're not going to continue playing Mario Party until the wee hours. But his parents are the authority figure, and for some reason you're, like, upsetting the apple cart. Yeah, I can see that. Also, that sucks. Like, I don't know, I was was never a bad kid, but there was definitely a couple times where I I got, you know, in a fight with my brother while we were over at at a friend's house, and the parents yelled at us, someone else's parents yelling at you sucks. Like, that is not a good feeling. Yeah, it's like that double. That's like getting arrested in a foreign country where you're on a visa. Like it sucks. <laughs> but I mean, okay, I did have a thought. It ends with that baby. Though is it the baby and the parents were in the room? Well, the whole time. you know, yeah, it's the friend's brother, brother's wife, also, and the baby, or his <laughs> his older sister and her husband yeah. with a baby. So it's been your friend's nephew this whole time. And the, which is... well, the thing about it, and not necessarily, is what's kind of fun about this submission and fun in a frustrating way is they explain how it all happened, but you don't explain how they explained how it all happened. But <laughs> you may, what? you mean that may just because it didn't make any sense, and that's Dream that's a okay, and I totally get that. Yeah, but to me, a lot of this screams about a dream about not being in control of something. And I'm going to sound like a broken record because I think we did this, pardon me, in the last episode where it was being, well, I think it was Princess Peculiars, where it was about being in these different aspects of your life where you feel like you're not in control. So for me, this seems like you're dealing with this same issue over and over again and again, we don't have the luxury of being able to talk to Josiah and suss out whether it's something related to work, job, family, health, etc., social life, to where he's stuck in this quandary loop, quite literally. Yeah, no, it's a horrible loop. It's It's some Twilight Zone... Just listening to it. And you know what? Honestly, props to you for making the one run-on run on sentence there because that upped my immersion to an uncomfortable level for that dream. And I, I wanted to I wanted to throw that baby out when that was the twist. It revealed that it was just the nephew baby crying. Or You know what it was? It was Nosferatu swooping yeah, the lights exactly. the whole time. <laughs> I've had a SpongeBob oh, reference in a while. We've got to have we got to have them every once in a while. It's a solid one. But yeah, no, it's it's like... You okay? I'm gonna try and take a freestyle jab at this actually. So, all this stuff, all this supernatural seeming stuff is happening all around you, and you're getting in trouble with foreign authorities for reasons that seem completely out of your hand. Now, these may this is me generalizing, it might pertain to something in your life, I guess, but it ends with with like totally what's the word i'm looking for like innocent silly stupid misunderstanding being the issue at hand mm, right mm-hmm. see what i mean it's just a baby and then why are they by your bed like it's silly what are you doing there this is i'm in the guest bedroom this is your house why are you 
We thought you were uh, in the Poconos. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I see this as as you. This is your subconscious telling you, man, stuff is getting stuff is kind of out of our hands. Like you said, this is this is a little out of our control. Let's focus on chilling with the friend and letting him know that there's some there's some tomfoolery afoot with the <laughs> with your sister and the baby. Well, and like I said, I think there's some tomfoolery in the midst of an aspect of your life, and really that's what it's telling you. And mm, and that you need to get to the bottom of it. I think this whole thing was like trying to figure out like what the hell is causing all this trouble. Like, what are these voices I'm hearing? Why are why is Harry Potter six flying off the shelf at me? That that chair keeps on going into the bathroom. I don't think it has to pee. <laughs> like, what's the deal here? I need to get to the bottom of it. And in this case, <laughs> classic best friend's sister, husband, and baby, baby situation, right? Who didn't see that one coming? But <laughs> I think it's that you maybe need to spend some more time sussing out this aspect of your life and, and what it is and why it keeps happening. Yeah, maybe maybe this dream is pointing you towards having a better pointing you towards having a better relationship with these foreign authorities. So that when this totally neutral accidental mishap happens You'll be in better standing, and they won't be mad at you. That would be my advice for this one. Or at find, least you know what's what's out. causing the issue to begin with. Yeah, and suss out who these authorities are that are getting mad at you. Because it's it's it seems it like there. it seems like the source of the this the the mystery, like the source of all this kerfuffle, is really what's what's causing you this anxiety. To the point where you have to continue reliving it until there's a solution. <laughs> so I feel like in your life, you're going to continue reliving the situation and the frustration until you get to the bottom of it. And it, it was your, your, your best friend's sister, her husband, and their baby the whole time. So if they're really messing you off, like write them a card. Tell them how you feel, you know? The ding-dong-danged old nightmare. Tell you what. But yeah, good luck with that one. Thank you for the submission, creative uh, punctuation, and uh, everybody keep them coming. Dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com. All day or day. And you know what? I didn't want to seem harsh, though. I'll take your run on sentences. I really will. I don't mind at all. It just seemed like a doozy. But hey, we got through it because we're semi-professionals at what we do. Hey, at least we are sincere. In trying. In trying. Uh Connor, do you want to maybe cap it off? Didn't you have a, a dream submission yourself? I had a dream. <laughs> uh, someone else had a, had a dream that started like that. Anywho, yep. uh, it wasn't me. My dream goes something like this. I was... It was Martin Luther King, Connor. Oh, thank you. It was his famous speech. He didn't... On the March on Washington? Oh, all right, whatever. Continue. I'll tell you about it later. Do your submission. In this dream, I was at this backyard party, and it seemed like Arizona. Like, everyone has these, these backyards, and it was, like, pretty sparse dirt, and I kind of remember there's these chain-link fences kind of around. It's kind of like a, it's a very average, almost like college kind of backyard. And there was this incredible meteor shower. Just incredible. Me like, you look up, and all of the stars are flying around almost like fireworks in the sky. It was just like 
remember looking up and just being dumbfounded and everybody's looking up at the sky. And then suddenly there is this huge sound of this explosion and the ground shakes. And I'm looking around the neighborhood and it's like this chain link fence so you can see everywhere around houses just start falling into the earth like they're being swallowed up by sinkholes. So like all around me, you know, buildings are just going down. Like everything's just sinking into the earth from this giant explosion. And then half of the backyard kind of sinks. And so the chain link fence is whatever, five, six feet high. But then there's also this six to eight foot dune up to it now because all the, the ground in the backyard had sank. And then the chain link fence becomes electrified. And there are sirens going off, you know, after all these buildings crumble. So, like, the explosion hadn't happened, but now I'm kind of in this pit surrounded by this electrified chain link fence, and there are these sirens. And then this riot van pulls up, like, backing up, crashes into the fence, and just starts taking people into this riot van. And... There's, you know, these authorities and like all this kind of like riot gear, just like shuffling people into this van. Somehow I escape and I get back to my house where a friend is there. I tell them what happened. And she tells me that it was all part of some like reality TV or prank show. And she just read about <laughs> it in the news. <laughs> the twist. Okay. Damn, dude. That's a pretty crazy one. Do you mind if I, I don't know, try to analyze it a little bit? Oh, that's what we're doing here. Hey, kids, you want some dream analysis? What's some the cool kids are doing it. Analyzation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so it starts out with a miraculous show of, of Starfall. You got this beautiful meteor shower going on, right? That's how it begins. Well, it begins at the party or something, kick back in a backyard. Leads to this meteor shower, right? Indeed. It was, yes, it was more of a kickback than a party. Thank you. A kickback. Thanks, cool, so Scott. You, <laughs> oh, you've got this, this party going and um, having a good time with your friends. And then a beautiful miracle occurs in the sky. And you guys are all sort of watching it. And then the next step is, and, and th- this is what I think. So this, this earthquake and all these buildings getting, getting crumbled down and swallowed up by the earth and stuff. That, to me, and I don't even have to look up uh, you know, a symbol for this in the book. That, to me, is a pretty obvious sign that something that you saw as stable, some sort of foundational element in your life, has literally crumbled beneath your feet. So you've had your expectations subverted in something that you've always held to be true. That's what I see. Mm. And that, that ties in later, too, because then you've got all the cops and the electrified fence and the scary thing. And that's your expectations getting subverted again because it was for a prank show. So perhaps your brain is trying to clue you in that uh, things are changing or, or things are not as they've always been. And uh, you're you're distracted by the shiny baubles in the sky. Okay, okay, yeah. That was just I, a freestyle, just a shot in the dark there. I mean, definitely, there's this idea of if you want to think about the stars in some way as a distraction, right? 
I quite literally like have my head in the stars. Jam aboard oh. with jammed aboard with love that I said that. You would love that. So I have my head in the stars. I'm kind of distracted by like this pretty show while real well, in real time the earth is crumbling around me or in some ways like things are being shaken up. God, he would just be really yeah. horny for this one. Dancing in his seat right now. Um the noise associated with an earthquake can also symbolize grumbling or grumpiness. Now, I did have a period where I was a little bit grumpy just because this my schedule. Like, it felt like I was flying through the sky like a shooting star, just like go 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 go. <laughs> um, it's another anime I watch sometimes, um, <laughs> but it just. The weird, the weird part about it was then being trapped. Like, and then all of a sudden, I feel like I'm trapped. So, I am distracted. I'm things are shaken up, and I'm grumpy. And then I feel trapped in this situation. And then I find the liberation. And then I found out that I wasn't really ever trapped all along because none of it was real. And you were there, and you were there, and you were there. Um, which yeah, I guess if I if I'm since we have the luxury of having the dreamer in our midst, I can say, I think I talked about it a little bit in the last episode. I've been working on this, this play and like, that's why my schedule had been so crazy. Right. And I was a little bit grumpy because all my mornings were being taken up and like it's crunch time and putting in all this effort. And then I kind of feel locked into this whole thing. And then everything came together really well in the end. So maybe that's the, the deus ex machina of me being like, Oh God, I nearly escaped. And then someone said, well, you were never really in danger at all the whole time. It only huh. appeared to be dangerous because it was all a, a facade. Well, it was a show and you played your parts in the show. All the world's a stage. <laughs> no. Each one of you know us I mean, are merely players. It seemed like chaos, but in the end, it was all part of a grand design that was never up to you. I mean, chaos even, yeah, it was chaos, yeah, dude. No, but the, the seriously, you you you've been stressed out. You've had a lot of stuff going on. You've got your awesome play, by the way. Everybody in New York, if you're listening to this, yeah, by the time this is out, yeah, we should be in the midst of our run still. So you can try to find us, The Hungry Ghosts. You could probably find it through a Facebook event or, yeah, shoot us a good old-fashioned email at dreamboatpodcast at gmail.com and ask about the play that Connor's in, and I will, I will get you those deets. It's, uh, it's, it's really fun. It's a really, good, it's a really good show. Come support the arts. Do it. Do it, Absolutely please. support those arts. Those arts otherwise, how are we going to get reality TV shows? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's... The highest form of art. <laughs> that's my trajectory. <laughs> all right, well, thank you. Uh, you think we tied that one up all right? Do you want to keep... Uh, keep? I mean, that, that, felt like, that felt like it for me. I mean, that's... that. I think that I rings mean, true, lining up my dream experience to my life experience. It's been a busy couple, and we're glad that you, listener, are back with us as well. Sorry about that hiatus. We should be uh, ramping up to broadcast some more episodes here, keep those dreams coming. Yeah, then we'll be on a low hiatus for a while. For a little bit. And, uh, yeah, you want to you wanna play us out? Yeah, oh, I absolutely would like to. Oh. Sorry.
Oh, that's pretty good. I was thinking of like a little like like ragtime piano. There you go. (laughs) Uh, As always, I am your captain with a hat, Scott. And I am your captain with a cap. Oh, shucks. Did you see what I accidentally did there? Captain with a cap. Oh, I'm I'm the cap. I'm the Captain Connor. And well, we are the taking you on Rip. the dream boat. <laughs> this is our, this the, is our the, limpest the, goodbye ever. The wheels are falling off the dream boat. Keep on, <laughs> the wheels have fallen off our boat. Bye, everybody. Have, have a good week. <laughs>